Friday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at the Dan Urban. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges, and you can follow us wherever you listen. And if you like the show, give us that five-star review. And as always, we taught judging in MMA. You can read the criteria at abcboxing.com. So one thing remains true. Old, What's that? Old MMA heavyweight bouts, the top tier guys make it a fun fight all five rounds. And that remains true today. And what makes you say that, sir, out of all, like, out of the blue? Because nobody knows what we're talking about right now. Because we're going to do a past judgment between two top tier heavyweights from like 14 years ago. That's right. But I will say this. Uh, watching MMA from 14 years ago, uh, it definitely feels like you're watching old MMA because the sport has uh, taken some steps forward. It has evolved. Oh, for sure. Tactically, strategically, it just, uh, you're watching a fight from that long ago, and, and this one in particular at heavyweight that we're about to talk about, it just, things don't really work that way anymore. <laughs> uh, techniques, uh, some of the techniques are similar. Of course, some of course, are not. But yeah, some I mean, and, and I think probably we'll bring them up along the way here. I, I mean, we're, we're pretty much just diving right into this, right? Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. So this uh, this past judgment, is going all the way back to, what is this, the very first fight you ever watched, right? This is the one that got me, not the first fight I watched, first fight I ever saw was Kaluno and BJ Penn. Okay. Um, But that was on like a replay event. Right, So, but so this, this is probably the first, my first live, live fight, yeah. Okay, and that would be... Randy Couture versus Tim Sylvia, UFC 68. That's right. This was before I was watching, sir, so... I caught this one, you know, in my catching up on on things that I missed, which, you know, it was a lot easier when I was getting into it and when you were getting into it to kind of catch up on the back catalog because there were oh, only, yeah. you know, 60, 70, 80 events to, to really watch. And, you know, we didn't you didn't really have to watch everything like all the prelims and all that stuff because they weren't really that available. Like They were on. Of course, you were, if you were watching, you were probably watching on the DVDs. Oh, yeah. Blockbuster every Friday. Yep. Yeah. Three for 20. But. It, the prelims were not what everybody was watching back then, so you know it felt like something you could skip if you wanted to. Although for me, when I was kind of getting into the sport, I watched everything just because it, especially because when they had prelims back then, it was always like, well, these these prelims like almost definitely have your future champions on. Oh yeah, your George St. Pierre's, you know those, those guys. I always loved looking at the back of the uh, of the DVD, and it would say. Oh, plus George St. Pierre, plus Nick Diaz, plus all these guys that are that we already know as uh, amazing. In fact, on the prelims. Oh, I do have one. In fact, <laughs> we have one right here because Dan just has a couple laying around. This one just so happens to be uh, unrelated to our show. UFC 62, Liddell versus Sobral. I don't know why they didn't just say Babalu, but they did. Uh, and uh, yeah, on the back here, it's a uh, UFC light heavyweight champion Chuck the Iceman Liddell. Puts his title on the line against top contender Henato Babaluso Brawl. Plus, a rematch of one of the most exciting fights in UFC history. Forrest Griffin versus Stefan Bonner. Fighters featured on the undercard include Nick Diaz, Josh Neer, Czech Congo, Ermis Franzka, and Wilson Govea. A total of nine bouts. And there's just a bunch of pictures all over the place in some sort of randomly arranged order. Yep. Yep. It's a... Uh... As someone who does design for a living, this is, this is pretty sloppy. This was not the He Calls Me MFR event for Babalu. No. No. <laughs> the one that got him cut. No, this was not. This was <laughs> this was one he lost. He didn't get to he won that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I mean, it's definitely a different time. 
and it's definitely a lot harder for I think newer fans to catch up on everything that's missed. Oh, it's, it's probably it's, impossible. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I feel like we need some sort of like cheat sheet for those type of people. Something where they can like be allowed to catch up on, like know what they've missed, like a guide of like here, here, watch this, don't watch this, that kind of thing. Yeah, maybe that'll come along. That'd be interesting. Uh, but anyway, let's uh let's dive into past judgment, Danman. Before we do, of course. Go through how we uh, we score fights for yep, past judgment. Yep. The CSJ criteria, basically the same as the ABC criteria, which, as we mentioned earlier, available at abcboxing.com. Like certified judges, we score rounds based on the 3Ds, damage, dominance, and duration, but we just made a few key changes. 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the 3Ds by a large margin. A 10-8 can be considered for just 1D, but should definitely be given when 2Ds are achieved. A 10-7 is available for checking off 2Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide for more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. All right, let's set it up. Sylvia versus Couture. Well, like you said, this is the UFC uh, 68 headliner, and it was from Nationwide Arena in Columbus, Ohio, March 3rd, 2007. I believe that was when they, you know, they did the... uh, it's the it's the Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger classic. Is that what the Arnold classic is? Is kind of that weekend too? Don't they tie it, it the whole thing? I that's thought, in Ohio. I always thought that's what it was too. I actually didn't get the chance to research that before, but it oh. just kind of came into my head. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that is that was kind of a relic of the older uh, times in the UFC where they kind of tried to have a little synergy with that. That more or less predates my time. It doesn't really, but it, but it kind of just. I I'm not into the you know the 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 pumping iron culture, so it's for me. It's, See, I would have thought different. they I would have thought they held that event in like Venice, California, with the outdoor Gold's Gym. Why don't you look that up real quick for us, sir? Let's get the answer to this. That's I think our What's our it listeners the Arnold the Arnold Classic, I believe, is the name of it. it. Looks like it's now called the Arnold Sports Festival. Okay. Uh, and it's an annual strongman. It's usually in February, early March in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, so. that's right. All right. All right. So my memory uh, did serve me here. Look at you. Look at me. Well, no one can see me. You're just listening. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so this was, this was March 3rd, 07. Sylvia was actually the defending champion for this one. Uh, came in two days before his 29th birthday. Didn't have as much of a happy birthday. We we know what happens here. Uh, he, he was twenty three and two. He'd won six straight. The last three were title fights. He beat Andre Arlovsky round one TKO the previous April to win the belt. Then he earned a decision in the rubber match against him uh, three months later, and then three months after that, he made uh, another title defense against fresh challenger Jeff Munson, uh, and. Uh, that was uh, that was kind of how we got Tim Sylvia to this point of of looking like at least a you know on paper a pretty reasonable champion. Winning, yeah. he's winning. He's he's got a good record. He's got some impressive wins there. Randy Couture, he had retired the year before after losing uh, by KO in that two hundred five pound uh, title rubber match to Chuck Liddell, that really big one, of course, mm-hmm. uh, February six. He had decided to come back at age 43 after about a year away, this time, of course, at heavyweight. Uh, and he had already been the champion in both divisions that, that we're talking about here. Uh, and he was added to the UFC Hall of Fame uh, during his brief retirement. So he came in with a 14-8 and eight record, but I, I think everyone really knows that record in particular for Randy doesn't really tell the whole story because he's always fighting like the best. No, and, and this being the first live fight I watched, I think is, I mean, if you listen to the commentary, it's pretty much the reason why I'm a fan of Randy Couture. It was very heavily swayed for him. 
Joe Rogan does have a little bit of affection for so, Randy Couture. He's he's known to, so to like, All right, this guy's pretty swoon. Cool. <laughs> uh, judges for this one: Doug Crosby, Nelson Hamilton, and Cecil Peoples, and the referee, Big John McCarthy. And I'm just gonna note this right out the gate: every judge had 10-9 Couture in every round, unanimous 50-45. So what we're looking at here isn't who won the round. It's by degrees as far as how much the uh, yeah. CSJ criteria could alter that. We pretty much just picked this fight because it's a special fight for Dan, and I thought it would be a good one to do. And then, yeah, we, yeah, we both a... agreed it would be a good chance to just revisit and have a little nostalgia. Hopefully you guys have that too. Plus, we had we had some discussion about how round one would, would be scored. We have. We've, uh, we've, in we've private. brought it up. So, and, uh, have I, we put it, put it on here? I, I think we might have touched upon it okay. uh, in show like in shows before, but I don't think we ever actually went deep into it. Okay. So and, and maybe not, but either way, we're about to do it right now. Yeah. Round one, it's here. What happened? All right. So the biggest part of the fight, first ten seconds, inside leg kick to a bomb of a right hand, sits Sylvia down, and uh, Couture grabs his back for the next four and a half minutes. And just about that's it. I think that's, you pretty much described the round. That's pretty yeah. much it. I mean, Nothing Co- else happens. Some pitter patter once in a while, but really nothing. A little bit of hand fighting, a little bit of Randy trying to maneuver, but yeah, I mean, he's not really. I don't think he's all that uh, urgent with his search to try and make this joke happen. I, I'm watching this. And, yeah, he was just pretty content laying there. You know, was, was with he, the hooks was in, he cooking or or I don't know what. I mean, he's not really cooking anything. He's it's the guy that's like, getting cooked because he's on the bottom. Yeah, he is, but it's like. Obviously, he's still in control. Right, he's, he's got not the back. doing anything. He's got the back for four and a half like, minutes, but he's just doing? he's not really ur- no urgency to actually attack a neck. Sylvia really didn't have to do anything except hold his wrist. But he also really didn't do anything to try to get out either. And he, he was just I like, mean, well, yeah. I guess I lost this round. I'll try another, again in four and a half minutes. Another thing you're alluding to in today's MMA, hooks aren't just good enough. You need a body triangle to keep that back position. Yeah, I think so, even at heavyweight. Yeah. Obviously, we're talking about heavyweights here. And Randy, you know, for all intents and purposes, he's still a light heavyweight. He weighed in at 222 for this fight. You know, I'm a, a heavyweight like that today, like, basically doesn't exist. I you, think Stipe's putting, probably uh, the closest. Yeah, but even he's, he's still like, like 235 right? pounds. I think he was, I think he might have gotten close to 230, to like 235 okay. or so uh, in this most, you know, one of these recent fights against mm. uh, either Francis or, or uh, Cormier. But. Yeah, I mean, you you really if you're 222, I mean, shoot, middleweight's probably an option. <laughs> yeah, he was. I think he was 225 against Brock. But he was. I mean, that's when scary. I say middleweight's an option, I don't mean for Randy Couture. Randy Couture is a very uh, burly man. I don't think middleweight ever would have no. been in the cards for that guy. But yeah, he 205 would have been his weight class, like solely. I think. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean, really, let's, let's get down to brass tacks. What's the score here? I gotta give it a 10-8. Uh, that punch was huge. The and punch was huge, and he, I mean, Sylvia does nothing. Absolutely nothing. And he's he's got his back taken the whole round, too. So there's at least, you can you can certainly argue duration and dominance. I guess, I guess. Maybe not so much dominance. I yeah, think it's I mean, he has a dominant argue. position, but he is he dominating? Could, yeah. Is he dominating? It's, it's, no, it, I don't think so. I don't know. It's tough. That's that's kind of a tough thing. I, I think a judge would have to kind of clarify that. But because, yeah, I mean, he really is doing nothing. But he did land the high damage to get there, and Sylvia does absolutely nothing. So I think the 10-8 is warranted. I think this is a good use of our system to give that kind of intermediary score that exceeds the 10-9 because did Sylvia do anything to earn the 9? No. No. No, not at all. So I, I think the 8 is fair, but you wouldn't know, go all the way to the 7. 
round two, what do you got here? I didn't think really anything all that significant happened throughout this round. But, I agree. Uh, but I think Couture did outland him on the feet, and Sylvia, again, really didn't have much at all. And when they were on the ground, Couture actually hit him with a, a couple shots. This fight, you're watching this fight, and like, Tim Sylvia, obviously, he had a pretty darn good record for a very long time. The wheels came off at some point, but, you know, he he had some pretty solid performances. I, I remember him having a, a big effort against uh, Antonio Rodrigo Noguera before losing. He, he did lose that fight, but I, I'm pretty sure that was one of those fights where, where Big Nog had to kind of come back from. So this is somebody who was capable of hanging with the top guys, but then mm-hmm. you watch him in this fight, and it's like, what a bum. He just looked like a bum. He, he really and, did. He said he was off balance. He had no idea what, what to do. I guess it was so, just the punch. Punch through him. I think he he expected more grappling from Kotor, and Kotor was willing to stand. I mean, so he's, shoot, if you're that, like, if, if you expect more grappling and you're getting stand-up, wouldn't you roll with it? Yeah. No? I guess. I I would just be like, oh, okay, well, this is, he's giving me more of this. This is great. You would think so. But, yeah, he, honestly, like, I'm, I'm not sitting here calling Tim Sylvia a bum, but in this fight, he looked like a He bum. didn't look like a champion. He did not look like a champion. Absolutely not. He didn't look like someone who should be walking around Maine wearing his belt around his waist, which is, I'm pretty sure what he was known to do, which, granted, that's what I would do if I was a champion, too. Oh, you gotta wear the belt. You have to, absolutely have to, except if you're worried about it being taken. <laughs> I mean, he did kind of, like, two elbows from the bottom, but, I mean, what's that? I mean, it's, that's, it's not that's much. not gonna do much. But anyway, I mean, do you, do you think this is to any point where we could consider anything more than a nine either? No. Yeah, 10-9. I don't think so. I think this is just a straight 10-9. Um, very tame around, I guess, in, in some ways, just yeah. because it really wasn't a ton of could, real action. But it was it was totally a Couture round. I mean, there's no argument for Yeah, definitely Sylvia. Couture wins this round. So, I've got it at, we both actually have it at 20-17, to because we have the same score here. Yeah. Uh, round three, what do you see here? Surprising, I was probably shocked, this this round had entirety on its feet. Yes. Uh, and Couture outstrikes him pretty good. Good shots. I don't think Sylvia was getting blown out as bad as the commentary suggests, though. Are I, you here to insinuate that Joe Rogan was leaning and just Mike a Goldberg. little? Well, Goldie as well, but Joe Rogan in particular would be leaning toward Randy Couture. Well, he was he was pro Couture in, in this fight, and there, there's there's no denying and forever. That. So now and forever, <laughs> yes. But I don't. I think Sylvia was landing a fair amount. I don't. I just don't think he was uh, landing as much. And Kotor uh, was definitely landing the better shots. So what do you got? Ten nine. Ten nine. Yeah, I got it too. It's I don't I don't know how much more you really need to add to a round like this. It was just kind of a, <laughs> all right. I'll intend the pun. I didn't mean it, but a natural ten nine. Okay. <laughs> it just kind of came to me, and then I was like, well, I know what I'm saying. I'll go with it. <laughs> natural round four. Any different here? What are we uh, seeing? I I was toying with a ten eight, but not quite. Really? It, it, it didn't get there. Okay. Couture got a nice takedown, nice outside trip. That was solid. I thought his ground and pound was good, so I was kind of. Str- I thought it was strange that Big John stood them up. Weird stand up, but you know whatever. He gets to stand up, but then Couture gets some good punches in, and then he gets another takedown, and moves straight to side control, goes to mount. But once he's there, he's not really landing all that much. Once Sylvia gets up, he lands some from the front headlock position, and uh, probably because of that, I didn't go ten eight. Yeah, I ultimately just saw a 10-9 here, too. I, I didn't think there was anything that tempted me too much to go to the 8. I just didn't see it. All right. Um, and, and at this point, you know, obviously, we have the same scorecard now through 4. Uh, we were at 30-26 before. Now we're at 40-35 for Randy Couture. Obviously, we, we knew coming in that 
Randy was going to win this fight and he was going to be winning at this point. Uh, but we do only have the one non 10, nine. We have the, the 10, eight in the first round. So round five, did we get one more? Or was this maybe kind of, I'm not necessarily a waste of a, of a fight to kind of go back to for our system, but I mean, what, what do you got here? What do you got? I, I think this is Randy Couture's best round of the fight. Really? Okay. Why, why is that? I exactly? ended up going 10, eight and I, oh, I toyed with a 10, seven. Really? Wow. I thought Sylvia had zero offense. Couture gets him down again, and he's actually landing some ground and pound from this time. It's just not its not a high duration of it, but he is landing. He moves to side control. He's landing some more, and he gets the mount. And then I thought he was actually landing some good shots from there. If he kept the mount for that final minute, I think I might get to a 10-7, but he didn't keep it. And then they're back in guard and doing nothing. So I couldn't. I, I think I would have fought you pretty hard on a 10-7. It, but I'm saying if he had that final mount for that final minute landing shots, I mean, combined with Sylvia not doing anything, his face it looks like hamburger meat. I think he think he would have got there. It definitely makes it easier because Sylvia, yeah, he really doesn't do much of anything in this round. I just don't know that I would even go to the the eight in our system with this. I Oof. maybe maybe I I'm a, wrong here. I think it's a clear ten. I think it's his best round. He actually has offense in this one. I mean, I would say that like it's funny because I actually do think the ten. You know, I I say the ten eight in round one, and I don't say it here. But I, in some ways, I actually kind of agree that it's the best round, just because round one involved one thing happening and just about nothing else happening. Here, there is more happening. You're right. On a cumulative scale, he has more damage in this round. Yeah, he does. But I mean, you're supposed to weigh the immediate impact, not the cumulative. Better. At least in the system, right, story I, system, right? Right, but I mean, the damage still gets there. No, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he I'll, wasn't in danger of being finished. I'll, I'll, no, I'll, I'll say that. No, and I do think there was at least a brief period in round one where you see some danger of of Tim Sylvia being it. Is is he really badly hurt to be finished? I don't know, but it seemed to be throwing him off for the entire fight too. So yeah, who knows? I mean, it's it just seemed to affect him. So that's to me that's a diminishing blow. Um, I think that's why. I would tend to wait 10-8 in the first round, but not in the fifth round. And honestly... Because I even, thought he was dominated, too. I thought he was getting dominated. Even round one, you know, I'm much closer to the 10-9 than the 10-7 in round one. I, I'm with the eight. The eight's the score. Mm-hmm. But because almost nothing happens in the round, I would have been much closer to saying... I don't even know if he got to the eight, but he did. So I think that's probably why, because, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm giving probably a little bit more weight, immediate impact to that, uh, that initial punch of the fight, uh, than I am of the cumulative effect of the strikes in round five. I just, I didn't see it as much as you did, sir. All right. Maybe Whatever. I'm stubborn. I don't I mean, know. Maybe I'm wrong here. I, I'm, I'm open to being I'm, told I'm wrong. I was kind of, I, I was, I, I kind of was shocked when you told me you didn't go to eight, but yeah, maybe, uh, maybe I would just need to watch it again and kind of think it over. I mean, you, I'm not going to. He's not anytime soon. But. <laughs> yeah, well, what we can agree on is this is 100% Couture's fight. Yeah, absolutely. And So you have it now because you had the 8 and I had the 9. So you have it 50 to 43. I have it 50 yeah. 44. And I, I think more than a five-point win is um, better than what we saw. I think so, too. I think it's a more accurate representation of what happened in the fight, just like we say in the, in the preamble, right? Yep. And uh, <laughs> certainly no rematch. There was there was no need for that. These two never met again. And you know they were friends. You know this is not something I think either man was really looking forward to doing. It's just the the opportunity came about and it was what it was. Yeah. They put it aside. They did, him, and... did Sylvia in in Arlovsky fight four times? 
They did. They yeah, had another okay. fight. I want to say it was in one championship. Okay. And I believe it was uh, actually like a no contest or something. Right. I think there were soccer kicks involved. But they both have a knockout over each other, don't they? A knockout win in the UFC. And then Sylvia won the trilogy. Well, I thought I Is thought uh, I thought actually that Arlovsky won the first one by decision. Oh, was it double, decision? I'm going to double check that for you, sir. Tell you, the the fourth time these guys fought, by the way, we'll, we'll get to that one just because we brought it up. It was one championship. It was nine years ago, almost nine years ago, uh, and it was a no contest because soccer kicks were illegal for this one, and that is how uh, Andre Arlovsky was uh, dispatching okay. his offense. Or, uh, dispensing his offense uh the uh the other fights between them we had oh he never beat him excuse me looks like looks like he never beat tim Silva. oh no i'm sorry he did beat arlovsky beat Silva oh, yeah, in the yeah. first fight i yeah. was i was misreading it yeah an achilles okay. lock in 47 seconds for the interim okay, UFC so he heavyweight him. championship yes so they, they they exchanged finishes before sylvia won the trilogy yeah so i mean it's a submission so if you ask conor mcgregor that's not a win the man attacked a guillotine. I don't. He, that that statement holds no water anymore. Uh, I I, <laughs> so, yeah, it never held water. To be fair, it, it didn't. But I mean, you the, can't make that. The comment. idea that submissions are not a way to win in MMA because it's you know you stop somebody. It's like what? Well, okay, let's imagine just for a second that Khabib chokes out Conor McGregor. He doesn't tap. He just goes unconscious, but he has to win by knockout. So what is Khabib going to do? Is he going to walk away or is he going to punch a choked unconscious fighter in the face? Well, I mean, there's no honor in it, but if that's how Khabib or if that's how Connor believes the victory needs to be, understand that's how it can be. Connor has a submission win. <laughs> what is that submission win? I'm uh, curious. He probably doesn't count it. He might. He actually might not have counted is, it. I think he only counted the KOs. He might have only done that. That was what know. it was. He has a rear naked choke from Cage Warriors 47. Oh, okay. But uh, that's one thing I want to say that, you know, we rag on Joe Rogan sometimes. I love him. But his his analogy of tapping someone out is, okay, you murdered me. If this was the street, you would have killed me. Well, I mean, it's so, a broken arm is okay. different. A cho- a choke now hold. you're obviously highly compromised with that broken arm, but yes, if I it's mean, a chokehold, choke yes, you 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 have in fact admitted. All right, fine, you did murder me. That's true. Yes. Well, it's not murder. It's, it's, this was a sanctioned bout. Right, but if there wasn't a sanctioned bout, who's going to make Khabib stop squeezing his neck? That's Nobody. True. Ethics. <laughs> Ethics. He was very <laughs> upset that night. So I don't. I don't know. <laughs> he was. You want to talk now? Let's talk now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Enough murder. <laughs> Enough murder talk. I think we're, I think we can move on. Uh, we we do have uh, some fights coming up this weekend. Just UFC. Uh, it's it's kind of a quieter weekend. Although this has, I think, one of the most interesting headliners of a non pay per view that we're gonna get all year in the UFC. I mean, would you agree? This is a solid card for a non pay per view. It's a solid card top to bottom, yeah. but in particular so, that headliner that we have, yeah. which is of course Corey Sanhagen going against TJ Dillashaw, who's coming back off of his uh, two year suspension for. Uh, using EPO and being caught doing so. Uh, 135 pounds this is a really important bout. It's it's highly important for the future of the division. I mean, we it's still huge. have to have these guys sorted out. The uh, the champion, uh, which is now Aljamain Sterling, will have to run it back against Peter Yan, who lost by disqualification in a fight that he was definitely winning. And I think a lot of people still, and you know, me included, I look at this as realistically peter yan is the better fighter he's not the champion and he doesn't deserve to be the champion because he made a mistake 
but he's the better fighter. Um, but they do have to sort this out officially. They have to kind of get through that again. Uh, and then after that, it has to be the winner of this, I think. I mean, it's the only thing that makes sense. Yes. The winner of this should be fighting the for the yeah. belt. I, uh, I'm glad TJ Dillashaw didn't get a, a title fight off the bat. Yeah. Because he, he didn't deserve it. No, he didn't. So he made, he made the mistakes. If he, you know, if he wants to say I never lost the belt, it's like okay, fine. But you know, you made a big mistake. <laughs> you knew what you were doing it was a mistake. You knew it was an error. It was it was illegal, and it was. I mean, there there's not even you can't make an excuse like, oh man, Epo just ended up in my supplement. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough. One oh to man, I I had a hamburger and all of a sudden Epo was in my system. <laughs> Sorry, it doesn't work that way. And, and to whatever credit you want to give TJ, he copped to it. He admitted, yes, this is, you know, this was me. This is my fault. He seems to be uh, taking a different tact exactly with the way he's taking culpability here, but in, in recent times, but it is what it is. Um, as far as the fight, it's it's a really interesting matchup. These guys used to be teammates. Um, they're, they're both dynamic strikers. It should be a very, very interesting fight for however long it goes, whether it goes the distance or whether it's over quickly. Um, how do you see it going? Sanhagen TKO. Wow. Okay. <laughs> what round? Mm, I think early. I think round one or two. Okay. Uh, I think I read somewhere TJ Dillashaw has been out over 900 days. So that's not that's not even a two-year suspension. That's like two and three quarters. Yeah. It's so. been about two and a half years since he last fought. It was January 2019. And in that fight, he fought for like 90 or like 50 seconds and then it was stopped. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I... he got knocked out. So he really doesn't have a whole lot of cage time over the last three years. Yeah, As much as Dominic Cruz says, you know, ring rust isn't real. Uh, it might be. Well, you know, it's, maybe it's not real for everyone. It's but... funny you bring up ring so... rust. Cause it, so I, I talked to Misha Tate the other day after her win. Right. Mm. And we were talking about kind of, you know, she had gotten the chance to watch her fight back of her. Obviously, it was a poor performance that, you know, everybody's been raving about. Everyone thought she did great. She's very proud of it, too. Uh, but she did kind of she kind of had like an internal battle of like, is this ring rust? Is it not? Because what was what she was saying was when she watched it back, she's like, I saw that opportunity in the cage and I wanted to pull the trigger and I didn't quite do it. I just didn't. My, my body didn't react in the way that I wanted it to. So that's where she was like, it's not ring rust. And then she's like, well, maybe is that ring rust? I don't know. Maybe it is like so. Just got to get into that. The ring, swing of things. Ring right. rust doesn't necessarily have to be you show up and you stink. Right. It's just right. you show up. And you need a little bit more time to acclimate to it because not... you haven't done it. Now, her ring rust is just a little different because she literally stopped being a fighter. She didn't even train striking anymore for several years. Just jujitsu. It's a very different wrestling? thing than TJ Dillashaw. Who, yeah, she was just grappling. She's like, I don't want to strike anymore. She put the gloves away. She's like, I just want to be a grappler. I like grappling. I'm going to do grappling. Right. Um, but TJ, you would have to think Dillashaw has been in the gym for two years honing his craft. Uh, trying I'm, to I'm work sure. I'm stuff. sure. It is different. There's, I mean, I don't think anything can can replicate fight night another interesting so. thing i should bring up too is I, I did get the chance to speak to Corey sanhagen uh today i haven't spoken to tj yet that's supposed to be uh tomorrow in the interim day between when we record and when we release so uh but Corey said that he very specifically wanted this fight to be a five round fight this was like his request especially when it got delayed because remember this was supposed to happen a few months ago yeah it was and all his request was this has to be five rounds because he perceives the advantage to be his over five rounds, despite the fact that we've seen TJ Dillashaw in five round fights. Yeah, it's not like he gasses. No, but what he what he said is that he perceives Dillashaw to slow down. Like he's he's someone who can fight very well while tired. But he, but he thinks still slows down. 
that's how he kind of sees it. It's someone who, you know, he he's able to power through it, but that he's this is his words. I'm I'm not uh this I is guess, not my appealing necessarily, I mean, without, but without the epo too, maybe maybe he does have a point and that's there. and that's another so. part of it. He's not he's he said he's not on on PDs and and he's also older. TJ Dillashaw's a couple years older. He hasn't fought in a while, so yeah, I mean it, it's entirely possible. It, it, I mean, Sandhagen is somebody who's got a very he's got very good cardio. Um, I would think. I would think if he wanted it this badly, he must believe it because he was adamant about being a five round fight. Yeah, I just hope it, that he doesn't play with his food. You know, I don't if think he's the, the type to. Why. I don't think he's the type to. The way the way Sandhagen strikes is he's like he doesn't put everything behind his strikes. He never does, but he's just always trying to land like it's kind of almost Diaz style or like Max Holloway style, where he's really just yeah, trying to keep busy you. and like, overwhelm you absolutely yeah. land. And then when the opening comes, I mean, he can obviously unleash fury. We saw it against. Uh, first Marlon Marais, and then that uh, that absolutely hellish flying knee on Frankie Edgar, which like that shoot dirty. I still hope Frankie doesn't fight again. There's a lot of knockout of the year contenders. Yeah, and he's he might have another one after so, this one. We'll see. Uh, so you're thinking round uh, what round, you one, round, round one, one or two round one Sanhagen, round two. TKO. Okay, TKO. I'm going to say Sanhagen. I'm gonna say round four TKO. All right. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna trust in what Sanhagen's saying here. He wants it to go a little deeper. He wants to push into the deeper waters. Um, and that you know maybe TJ slows enough. The reactions are not there, and Sanhagen can unleash again one of these very quick strikes that, that can probably finish the fight. All right. So I'll go with that. I'm gonna say round four TKO Sanhagen. Right. But I would not be surprised at all if Dillashaw comes back and and looks looks like a house of fire because he's. I mean, he was a great 135-pounder before, you know? We'll see. We shall see. It's a fight I'm interested in. So. Mm-hmm. Judges, of course, uh, I, I think we have to expect Sal D'Amato is going to be in this fight. Uh, he's been in every <laughs> UFC main Sal's event a, since a, we arrived at the UFC Apex. So, I mean, it would be a stunner if he wasn't there. He's a right? permanent fixture. He is a permanent the fixture of the Apex main events. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, I mean, you know, we often see... Junichiro Kamijo, who's who often gets these assignments, Mike Bell, uh, Chris Lee, Derek Cleary, these guys. I'm sure it'll be some combination of them, I would guess. Um, I don't think we had Ron McCarthy last week, and it seems like he's kind of like every other week. So I, I would bet we would see him in some form. He this seems weekend. more of a pay per view guy. I think it's just in Vegas. I think That's it's just it the timing like. as far as like okay. he, he'll he'll do one and then he'll take a break. He doesn't do it every weekend, you know okay. what I mean? I think that's what it is. All right. That's my understanding of of kind of observing uh fights to watch other than this one. Obviously, we've got a lot of contenders here. This is a really interesting card like we said. What's the top one that you want to watch? Uh always interested in Mickey Gall. He's fighting uh he's fighting someone. He's fighting someone. But, uh, you heard it here first. That... Mickey Gall has an opponent. He's a Jersey guy, so I'm always excited to see him. But the fight I'm most looking forward to watch, Adrian Yanez versus Randy Costa, Bantamweight fight. This is like the people's main event. This was it, not really. But... It was originally a prelim, and before we recorded, probably an hour before, they moved it to the main card. Yeah, how did they move so, it to the main card? I thought there were already six fights on there. Did they move it they to probably, seven? Or, they must have bumped someone. Or usually they don't bump fights. That's interesting. So, so somehow this is now a main card event. Yeah, interesting. Um. But yeah, I, I I've been following uh, Yanez since the Contender series. He's got some crazy finishes, and uh, Randy Costa also has some good finishes. I think it'll be exciting. You got a pick? Yanez decision. Okay, that sounds right to me. I, I think I'll go Yanez decision as well. I'm gonna okay. ride that with you. What's your fight? I mean, again, there's so many winners here, but I I went with uh, what I believe is is technically the featured prelim 
uh, Punahele uh, Soriano. I'm sure I'm saying his name wrong, but I always do. Uh, against Brendan Allen, 185 pounds. Soriano hits like like just the hardest truck. <laughs> this should be a violent fight. Yeah, I I expect something absolutely terrible to happen to one of them or the other. It's, I I would say Soriano's going to finish him with with a, a violent knockout, or or Allen's going to get. Uh, like a decent submission or something like that. Does that sound right to you? Or I'm going with the O is gone. Soriano gets his first loss. Okay. Brendan Allen, TKO. I will say Soriano, round one KO. All right. Yep. Both, I think both are good picks. I mean. Both realistic picks, I can, should say. Can we so. lose in this fight as fans? No, no. This is going to be the most violent fight of I, the night. I think so, too. I, I think we're we're definitely going to be rewarded here. Uh, and that does it for uh, for our little look at UFC Vegas 32. But before we wrap up, uh, Dan and I have just a little bit of an update to the way we're going to schedule the Couchside Judges podcast going forward. Uh, we are going to scale back our midweek shows. So rather than doing uh, you know, a past judgment, typically uh, every Friday before fights, we're going to just scale it back to uh, before pay-per-views, right? Yeah, before pay-per-views, we'll have the midweek show with a past judgment. I think basically we're kind of running out of, of the big fights that we want to revisit and we don't want to necessarily run the well too dry. Uh, I, th- yeah, I think it t- makes sense to stretch t- this out a little bit more. This show in particular was tough to find one that we haven't done and that was interesting we typically like so. to link it to you know a fighter on the card but you know that that very much limits who it is because there's a very big fight here we got san Hagen and dillashaw but then other than that we have a lot of younger fighters a lot of finishers and this kind of thing i, I don't think we had anything that we really wanted to go back for uh we've already done uh, a good Dillashaw fight. We've already done a good Sandhagen fight. So we were kind of running low. And I said, you know what? Let's just do a fun one. And then you know, we'll kind of scale it back from there. So we'll we'll do them before pay-per-views. We'll do them on non-UFC weeks. Uh, but I think, yeah, going forward, we're going to have more one episode weeks. We'll come we'll of course do our post shows where we, you know, we look at the contested rounds of each uh, UFC card and, and you know sometimes some of the other cards as well. Uh, I think that's a good strategy going forward. Yeah, I, I, th- I like ho- it. Hopefully it'll give uh, our our you know I, I don't want to make any of our listeners angry. I'm sorry if you're a very big fan of past judgment, you'll still get it. But we're gonna we're gonna slow drip it a little. And bit. And as always, if there's a fight you want us to do for past judgment, let us know. Oh shoot, yeah, we're I mean, open if you, to suggestions. If you got something? So, I mean, heck, maybe we even just do a special one that week and be like, hey, so and so wanted this one, so we're doing it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, we're about you, <laughs> the listeners. But uh, as always, we really do thank you uh, for all the support you guys have given us. Uh, we're enjoying the show. We enjoy what we do. We enjoy spreading, uh, I guess, the gospel of of how judges, uh, how how to judge, how fights are supposed to be judged. It's an uphill battle. <laughs> it is, uh, and it will always be Sisyphean, <laughs> but we'll get there. And that's going to do it for this episode. We will be back again to break down the weekend's event on Monday. Thanks for listening, everybody. As as always, uh, yeah, we'll have a lot of fun on Monday breaking it down. Hopefully not too many rounds. Hopefully we get a ton of finishes, right? It'll be a fun fight. It'll fun be a card. Good weekend. You guys have a good weekend, and we'll catch you then. Thanks for listening. <laughs>